All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. People can hear us laughing like over the intro. They won't know why. Recording in progress. This so if you're wondering the, why we're the recording lady. If you're wondering why we're laughing to start the intro, now Zoom did an update. So we've been recording this podcast over Zoom for a year now. And but they just did an update. So now when Tyler presses record, we get a message saying recording in progress. And then when it ends, she lets us know that we're done. Because the big well, red dot for you guys recording doesn't let you know that it's yeah. being recorded. Yeah, but you guys do this a couple times a week, right? Like, I do this once a week, so I always forget about this thing. And she pops on. I'm like, it startles me every time. And I get the <laughs> notification up on my screen. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, hold on. It's game time. I just like Focus it. Focus on the screen. I just like it. I find it fun. All right. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 142. I'm Bag Milk here with Tyler Remchuk, Nation Dan, and Rick. We are going to break down the world of the Edmonton Oilers and the NHL at large. We've got a lot of things on the list. At least that's what Tyler says. I was trying to add more, but he said no. But first, we shout out our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go on out to get yourself a Bronco. I don't know who did this Photoshop. Dan, do we know who did this Photoshop? Is that Jared? Jared and don't, Sales? actually. I'm not sure. There is a nation Photoshopped Ford Bronco, along with Sherwood Ford graphics on it. And I just, I can't imagine that the four of us wouldn't look pretty sweet with those all different colors, maybe orange, maybe blue. Maybe someone even gets the dark navy. Like the the, get, the the third jersey. Can I get the new one? The new white, the the really nice crisp white and the orange. Like a kitted out, like a reverse retro truck. Yeah, I think that looked really nice. I think, think that so looked really I'll nice. Keep it, I'll keep it clean. I'll keep it clean. I'll wash it more often than Jay. Absolutely, Jay's talking about a three dollar wash, but I still feel like he's ducking on that one. But anyway, that is another story. Go ahead and follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Service parts, vehicles, whatever you need, they've got it all. Sherwood Ford. And they're all very, very handsome, by the way. Mm. Just throwing that in there. Tyler, 
Please yeah. kick us off with the Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. The Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. I have it up on our Twitter, up on our Instagram, so people could chime in before we started recording. But keeping it realistic, that is that is the caveat to this. Who is your dream offseason acquisition for the Edmonton Oilers? Who should be target number one, whether it's trade, free agency, whatever? Who is target number one for Ken Holland? That is your giant question. Gentlemen, who wants to start? Or do I get to be selfish and start? Give her. Seth Jones. That's the answer. Seth Jones. Is it realistic? Probably not. But when he said he is going to test free agency, that's, that's the number one on my wish list. The Oilers need a number one defenseman. And he would be that on this team anyway. Tyler is shaking his head at me. No, he doesn't like my wish. We can circle back and fight about it after after everyone else gives their answers for for dream acquisition. Um, wow, I'll you're go. already getting squared up on Vegma. Oh yeah, yeah it's just, this is going to be a fighting episode. I can feel it yeah. coming because we've got a topic later on that could also prompt another one. Here we go, Dan. Who you got? Who's your number one on your wish list? My number one addition that I think is realistic is Atuka Rask in net. I think that he comes in at an age number where it would work out for the goalies that are developing behind him to be able to come up afterwards. And, I, and I've been the guy that's been kind of pushing for that 1A, 1B goaltender uh, in the offseason. So Tuka Rask, my big acquisition. I'm leaving Tyler last because he's disappointing me today. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Rick, you're next up. Number one on your wish list. Frank, you settled down. You're last. Well, yeah, he's putting in his own two cents, so he doesn't like that either. Uh, no, you know what? So I'm going to look at I'm going to look at a UFA here because going bag milk's route, you have to see if you have to make some some subtractions, right? So you're going to lose some guys in order to get this. So it's going to change shit. That's why I like like bring someone in here for free. Um, and I'm just looking at this list here, and there's the, the the name that stands out the most to me. I just don't think is realistic, so I'm not going to choose him as Landeskog. So it comes down to two players to me. And I think it's going to, I'm going to go with Dougie Hamilton because I do like that first line, that uh, number one defenseman type of a situation. Um, yeah. And I think he'd just probably be a little bit more valuable than the, my second one's going to be Taylor Hall. But uh, I think yeah, based on this as a UFA, so we don't lose anything in, in bringing him in. We're just bringing him for free. I think Dougie Hamilton is the, is the way to go. All right. Wet blanket. You're up. <laughs> Um, for people who have listened to my take on this, they're going to know it's a trade target and it's the boy, Ricard Raquel, a guy who can play either wing, help out on the power play, play top six minutes is fine. Defensively has a good shot, knows how to finish Ricard Raquel, man. He might cost a little bit in a trade, but his cap hit is low this season and you can re-sign him after that. So I, I really like the fit of Ricard Raquel in this Oilers top six. He is a bit of a dream. It's a little realistic, but Definitely not something I'm banking on, but I'd love for the Oilers to get their hands on uh, someone like Raquel this offseason. So I, li- I actually like Ricardo Raquel, Tyler. Yeah, I, like, I love you're just yeah. dismissing of my idea. Well, why do okay. you What's hate his- Seth Jones? I know he's signed. It would be a trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but- the reason I don't like Seth Jones is because I'm not sold on him as a legit number one stud defenseman. I, I think he, I think if he's paired with the right guy, he can play in your top pairing. I think he's a damn good second pairing guy. He can handle his own in the, on the top pair, but he's not that finishing piece that like, he's not in the headman conversation or the McCarr conversation. He's in that next tier for me. And you have a number one defenseman in Darnell nurse. He played like a number one defenseman this year. You can't really argue it. And the problem with Jones is that, you're going to have to give up a first round pick and then something to get him from Columbus this year. And he's a UFA at the end of next year. So he could potentially walk. There's no guarantee. 
So the issue with Jones is that you have to give up two really good assets for him. And if you do get him signed, you're still going to have to pay probably $8 million a season for him. And I don't think he's worth that. I like Rick's idea. If you think the Oilers need a number one defenseman, go get Dougie Hamilton, pay the money because you're okay paying the money clearly, but save the first round pick and save the prospect and just jump straight in and get and get Dougie Hamilton this offseason. A, he's probably a better defender. He is a better defenseman than Seth Jones. And two, it, it's just an easier move to make. And three, we have nice museums here. I was going to say, like, I the, the museums story. we have is they're excellent. You know, the art gallery is beautiful. What's Brand the cost new. for Raquel? And what's the worry that his contract's going to be over, like, overinflated uh, when he signs his next one? I don't think he for costs me. you. He definitely doesn't cost you as much as Jones does. Um, I bet you, like, Jones, I think, would cost you a first and, like, a good prospect. I think Raquel costs you a first. And if you throw is in a prospect, you, you might get something back. And now what do you think his contract is when he has to sign? Because he obviously going to for one year and not going to move, move on from him from there. You're going to have to re-sign yeah. him. Um, and then, yeah, for sure, you maybe you want to do a little more research than uh, off the top of your head. But what do you think that kind of contract looks like? Because that's going to be a, a, a huge factor in, yeah. in making that move. Well, he'd be making 3.79 next season. And I bet you his next deal, even if he comes here and shoots the lights out because it's still flat cap world, He's five and a half million, five to five and a half million in that range. If he comes here and has a good season. Oh, and he's going to be in your top six. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be my top six left winger. I'd play him with new dry or McDavid or dry settle. Then yeah. Having one, if not two left wingers, both at five and a half. Um, just saying that if that's what yeah. we get new jet or whatever, then yeah, no, I can see that going forward as being a good thing. I'm just not as high on Jones as some people are. And when I look at the problems for the Oilers, I went on my little rant about this last last episode, but they need goals. Like their defense isn't really a problem. The right side of their blue line with Larson, Bouchard, and Bear is kind of good enough, in my opinion. And I don't think their top nine is good enough. So if, if, if I'm going to see Ken Holland spend assets and significant money on something, I, I just, I would like Seth Jones here, but I think it's a luxury item. I don't think it's something they absolutely need to do. So I'd rather they address the needs before they go shopping for luxury shit well see i think that i take umbrage with the fact that that we do need defense to be better because the defense was was like a really a really strong point of our offense in the regular season and that disappeared in the playoffs and we haven't talked about that very much i don't think a lot of people have talked about that we had no offense in the playoffs though but but the defense was a part of it the defense the defense is going if you if you have that as your if you look at the the defense did their job and the the defense did their job defense held the jets really well exactly and we yeah failed in getting yeah. offensive goals but when you when you look at that as a so say that say that saying that the Oilers need secondary scoring the in the regular season they had their secondary scoring from the defense fair fair enough to say that's a sure but their defense order, supplied order, some offense sure there's their yes, defense is like one of the secondary. top five one of the top five producing defenses in the league this year in order for that though you need to have an offense that uh, that is as potent as well to attract all the defenders that way to leave the defenseman wide open at the blue lines well, but I think it I think comes you back can to... always up, up, uh, upgrade your defense. Always, yeah. And I and I think that the, my thing is is that you if you continue to upgrade the defense, you and especially I'm assume, I'm of the mindset that Clefbaum isn't ever going to play hockey again. That's just kind of where my head is at right now, mm-hmm. and I hope that he proves me wrong. But uh, I think that'd that be this nice. Team <laughs> does need to take another step forward in in its defensive stuff, and and so yeah, bringing in a Dougie Hamilton is a is a really good option. I mean, I still I would like Dougie Hamilton too, by the way. But that's but a lefty rating conversation. That's a lefty rating conversation. 
I thought Hamilton's a right. If you lose Clef Bomb, Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton right. is a right. right. Yeah, and the Clef Bomb's a lefty. So if Clef Bomb's gone, you're not just moving one over. They've proven they don't really like doing that. I don't know if a lot of teams in the league do that anymore. Yeah, no. no, but but like you're, I to me, you look at Hamilton as a replacement for Tyson Berry. Okay, so then you're trading one of Bear or Bouchard. You're, or you're not bringing back Larson. Not bringing them back. Depends what yeah. the. Uh, I don't the know. all kinds of options you could do there. Yeah, I mean, I I think that just gives you more options to do a move like that, provided you want to. And you don't have to make that move either. Like mm-hmm. it's it, like I don't know. It, everybody was harking. Like they were talking about it it's actually today on dropping the gloves with Ken Reed um, about how Leaf fans. Um, they seem to overvalue the seventh and eighth defensemen on their teams. And they just want to see them playing all the games. And I find that there's a little bit of that leeching into the Oilers fandom where it's like, Oh man, that, I wouldn't was... say leeching. And I would say that is fucking roaring through town. Yeah. But it's no, just but like... it's just with Bouchard. But it's, but it's, very, even, but it's, it's not even just, but it's, almost, We're talking but it's about... real, but it's, but it's real though. Like it, it, I guess last year, the way it was with COVID and everything that pushing him into the lineup was a little bit tough. But and without COVID and stuff, he was most likely going to be AHL for the majority of the year. But he is at the cusp, right? So to some, have someone sit there and go, "He should be playing." They're a little bit wrong, but they're not totally wrong. No, and I'm not. And I'm not saying right? that they so, are. But he's, but at saying point, it, he's at a point right now. You can't have him fine. as your number seven going to next year. He's got to be one of your top three. Or you've I don't know if he's on. not you good enough. If, if he's not good enough to be in the top six with a Dougie Hamilton addition, then. It is what it is. Like, and maybe yes, you do have to make a transaction there. But, but at the end well, of the day, you don't have to he's because good, he's under contract. You don't know if he's going to be good enough or not because he's never got the opportunity. Well, he did get the opportunity. Like, he played 15 games what? this year, and he was good in all of them, or all of well, them. That's what I mean. That's Toronto. That, no, that's what, the, yeah, that's fair. But that, going forward into the next year, I can see that's 100. percent I think even Tippett or Holland came on and said it. He's in the lineup, sort of whatever. Um, that coming next year. Uh, I just don't think I just don't think if you can get Dougie Hamilton at the number that you value him at, you turn that down because well, I have to make a decision about the other thousand percent. Well, that's my thing. Okay, but I'm with Dan. Dougie is going to cost you like seven, eight eight mil, maybe if you. But like that's what I'm saying. That's where the conversation obviously wavers, right? If we're talking nine million dollars for Dougie Hamilton, yeah, then you don't make that transaction. But if the if if you have an internal value of say seven and a half million, eight dollars on Dougie Hamilton, and he agrees to eight million dollars for your team, you don't worry about what you have to do with the rest of the guys in the lineup because he comes in and makes your defense better. Like, well, you like, can make a transaction. Wouldn't it be nice for once if the Oilers could actually trade from a position of strength? Wouldn't that be well, great? Okay, but I, I think the other for position of strength because you have too many right-handed shots. So they know you're going to be like not willing to stand up as long because you need to get. Yeah, rid but of who one says one. you got to make a deal? Who says you don't you have, have to? to make a transaction? You don't have I mean, to. You're going to keep Bouchard. You're going to keep Bouchard in, as your seventh. If you, can put him if in the you H- have to, or you go in the AHL. Yeah, you're going to put. That's what the AHL's for. Like, like. No, and the, and the reality is, is that those, he's done his he's HL time. To, the, yeah, but according well, to you, though, he's he, done. Yeah, what clock is there? I on don't the think HL he's time? done. I don't think he's done. HL based time? on his usage, based on his usage this year, I don't think the organization thinks he's done, or else he would have played. No, you couldn't get him. He was in that weird spot where, yes, he would have been in the AHL if it wasn't COVID, but they needed him on, at the drop of a hat just in case. Therefore, couldn't go down. The last year would have been the last of his. Like he'll never go see the AHL ever again. No, he's done Why? in the NHL. Ken Holland said that. But he, he's not good enough to be in your he top six. He is good enough. No, 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 no. The, the conversation you guys are you presenting guys are just is, like, we you're, signed you're Dougie so Hamilton. It. It's like, we signed Dougie Hamilton. Then, then you, you, you ask the question, then what do we do Bouchard. with, the less, then with trade the less good player? Or you could trade Bear. Yeah. 
the other side of this argument I'm going to present. It gives is, you options. It gives you options to make it does, a move. And I get that. You or you could play Bouchard in the AHL and see how things go. Because injuries happen, you guys. Right. Like we're, we're like, we're, you know, it's not a, it's not the end of the conversation to say that, you know, just because you have a top six, that is the top six. I want to see the reaction. I want to see the reaction of everybody here when in six months from now, they say, okay, we're going to put Bouchard down into the minors. If they have Dougie Hamilton ahead of them, I would not mind that. There's still going to be guys along. Yeah. I would not mind one bit. Okay, here's the other side of this, though, is that they don't have infinite money. So, but let's say they have $10 million to spend once they take care of, you know, a goalie and they get Larson back, or I guess you don't even have to include Larson. But if they have $10 million and Hamilton costs you eight, that means you have like two mil to get a forward. What if you can take that 10 million and that's enough to get you Coleman and Sod? Like to me, two good UFA forwards, the way the UFA forward market's looking is way more impactful to this team than, than a luxury piece, like another good blue liner. They have a pretty uh, deep blue line right now. 100%. And they, and they probably could benefit from a lefty versus a righty. Like if you said 8 million on Dougie Hamilton or take that 8 million and give me Alexiak and sod, I'd probably take Alexiak and sod as, yep. as a duo, just because the Oilers need depth right now. And that's why I kind of scoff at the and idea of an also expensive demon. So handcuffing ourselves with a Dougie fan- you're also doing the thing Oilers fans do that just assuming Brandon Sod wants to sign an Edmonton. Okay, but if it's not Sod, then give me Coleman. And if it's not Coleman, I guess take a run at Hyman. And, and that's I know, my but thing like, is- if you try for four of those big name UFAs, one of them is likely going to sign with you. You're the Edmonton Oilers. You have Connor McDavid. Someone will value that. But I, I think that the conversation has just been like, like we said, if if eight million dollars is what the organization values Dougie Hamilton as an Edmonton Oiler at, and he agrees to that then you take that. You don't, you don't scoff at that yeah. because and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's uh, the number that the Oilers that, you are spend that money. You spend that money elsewhere. And you I just, roll with, uh, I just you roll with the three guys. If you, you right can now. upgrade your defense, you do it. I know, but if you, you also need to upgrade your forward group right now. Exactly. So then you, can trade not, Bear or, you can trade bear or Bouchard if that's your route. And that's not, neither one of them are going to bring in the type of value you could get out of a guy on the UFA market right now and using that $8 million. That I, that's conjecture. That's pure conjecture. You have no I idea think that, what a player would sign in Edmonton for. Just because Connor doesn't Liss- mean shit. I think Tyler no, but you look, look outside of Edmonton, you look get. at outside Edmonton and see if anyone's going to have any type of actual Raquel. value for Bouchard, Bouchard or Bear. Raquel. I think you could, you could you get could, like a DeBrus sell, for one of them. You could sell. Yeah. You could sell any team on the, on the future value of, of Bear or a Bouchard for a top end winger like a Raquel or a DeBrusque. I, I think I'm not so sure. I think you guys are assuming that I like hate the idea of it. I don't mm-hmm. like if they sign Hamilton, like I'm cool with it. And yeah, you'd have to move one of the youngsters and like, that's fine too. You, you got to win that trade, but you can make the move. I just think looking at this market, there's so many good UFA wingers right now. And I would just prefer to see them go after that and bring in two impactful wingers and re-sign Nuge and build up a forward core that looks like Colorado's right now. Again, I, I the Oilers need a bunch of forwards, but I'm just saying if you can upgrade your defense because Dougie Hamilton wants to show up in Edmonton, you take it. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think that that's the other thing too that we like we're seeing in this playoffs. Yes, Colorado is the exception to the rule right now, but they are one of the deepest forward groups we've ever seen. And yes, I'd love the Oilers to be there, but I don't think that that's going to happen over this off season. Um, the reality is, we got beat. We got beat by a team that had a bigger defense than us. And yes, our defense played well, 
But we couldn't score. Same thing with, same thing with, the, same thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto has one of the deepest forward groups we in the couldn't Same thing with Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, but we if couldn't you, score. They didn't stop us. We couldn't score. If your argument is, is they lost. If your argument is that no, you need to build a blue line like we. If, if, if your argument is you want to build a blue line like Montreal or Winnipeg has, then you're not going after Jones or Hamilton. You're going after Alexiak or you're no, going no. after Savard. What I'm doing is you make the defense better and then the defense plays more confident. That's the thing that I think we all kind of agreed on is that this team didn't play confident. Like I, they were playing scared. No, you don't. And you, they, no, they well, I don't think tentative. a defense doesn't they were make, playing afraid. Okay, they but like playing tentative. I don't think Dougie Hamilton or Seth Jones will make suddenly make your team like more or less. If your afraid. defense is better, the defense is more confident. But what if Straight Dougie up. Hamilton just plays afraid? I, like, I don't know. Like that's confidence is you, a totally okay, different well then, argument. What if you go sign a bunch of forwards and yep. you you're happy with your defense as is, and you get a mm-hmm. Toronto situation where you have forwards, but no, your defense takes a step back and you get fucked again. Okay, but they got fucked because their star players didn't show up. They didn't get fucked because their yeah. blue line. Their defense Come was on. good. They're, okay, so Montreal ran the cycle a bunch of times in Toronto zone. A bunch cycle of doesn't times. score no goals, man. You want to hang out in the score. corner all game and skate around the perimeter. Zone time ahead. matters, dude. Zone, zone time matters. It does. It does. But no. like, I I don't we know. I look at the zone time and we got swept. Yeah. Um, I we don't know. I, all the analytics and we got swept. Yeah, because this team relies on th- two players to score all its goals. So they should get more than two players who can score goals. But the thing, that's the thing. That's, that's not, where again, I can... that's, you can do both. You, if you have a chance to upgrade your defense, you upgrade the but defense. I think you tie, but I think you tie your hands um, if you do a Dougie Hamilton's contract. Yeah, I like again. It's we come back to it's coming back to the fact that the number has to make sense for the of Oilers course. and their internal number. Well, whatever his his number is going to be too high, anyways. Like even his even his low side number is going to be like seven something. That's probably a little bit too high for us right now. But don't you put also on a think when we need to like really worry about getting that guy to play next to Connor? That guy, whoever that guy is, is also going to cost too much. Uh, okay, but he's going to be playing next to Connor and hopefully producing. And Hopefully. keeping Connor here happy, and keeping I think Connor the happy. reason I think the reason the winner might not get as overpaid is because you could. Man, it's out. Edmonton, dude. It's Edmonton. There's more of them, though. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I can say that it's Edmonton argument for Hamilton too, right? Like, it's of Edmonton. Course. They're gonna have to overpay, but like, there's one damn good D man on the market this year, and it's Hamilton. And Jones is available via trade. When you look at the forwards. There's a laundry list of good forwards that are on the market, especially with the expansion draft coming up and teams that might be losing good forwards as well. Like there's rumors Pittsburgh might trade Jake Gensel. Like teams are, there's forwards available. And that's why I think the price on some of these guys might get driven down a little bit. Like people are talking about Tatar. I think Tatar is going to have to take a one-year deal somewhere. Like I don't think he's getting scooped up two days into free agency. So I think the market's a little flooded with forwards. And that's why the opportunity might be there to actually nab two of them without having to like, you know, go Lucic mode and give them six by seven or whatever. But again, and thanks, and thanks to Tyson Berry for that because Tyson Berry signed that one-year contract. We can use that as an example to try and bring some guys in next year. You guys are more hopeful of being able to sign free agents in Edmonton than I am. Well, I'm, Edmonton has done a good job of signing free agents in the past. Yeah, I don't think it's not it's a never really been like a, Who, which is which has been the guy that's really been sexy for you the last couple of years. Okay, but well, we haven't been use, able to though. Well, you can't use hindsight though. Like, look at it in the moment. What do you got, What do you mean? They got Pouliot. They got Sekera. They got Lucic. They went out last year. They got Tyson Berry. And 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 did those work well? Okay, but then Reggie Hamilton did. might not work well. Berry did. And Berry. Well, Berry well. did. Yeah, like he I executed Reg, his Reg was, perfectly. Reg was Reg was very was solid. Good. It's just unfortunately that the the people in charge didn't quite healthy. see it that way. 
Well, I, again, I, that's another problem that you have to factor in here. This is fucking Edmonton Oilers. The only team without an analytics department. We're still living in the VCR age around here. That upsets analytics you. Doesn't tell, analytics doesn't tell you anything about injuries. Yeah, but... Okay, but, but okay, if, so, you, so, if you can watch movies on we VCR... We got swept. We won analytics in this turn. In this, We won the analytical whatever in the, in, the, uh, in the first round. We got swept in four games. All right, man. Cancel your Netflix. Like, not, use the VCR. Not, but if we go I to, don't use Netflix. I use my fucking PVR. I'm, I, I'll use the analogy yeah, cancel of, your a, PVR. of a toolbox for you a car. Cancel a PVR. You're so okay, spicy right. today, bagged milk. You go to a... You go like, to, what are we talking an, about? Just you go to an auto garage. Everybody get, has yeah. fucking analytics department. We're the ones that are just like, oh, we don't need it. And then you'll yeah, point just, to like Toronto. Do we actually know this? A, Where do we know yes. this that we have nothing? They have a one do know this, analytics man. department. It's like you go to it, you go to your car mechanic and you have to get something fixed. And one guy has a toolkit that's got everything in it. And the other guy has a hammer and a fucking knife. Which guy are you asking? Like you, you gotta, you exactly gotta have everything exactly in your toolkit. Don't get me wrong, all Rick. The I'm with you. you need all I'm the with tools. you that you don't make a team based off of analytics. No, that's things. that's they that's what you. the Arizona they Coyotes you. tried to do. But a couple but, of teams have done that, and no one's won the cup yet with that. But that. also, no team, form. no team have won the cup run and gun style either. And we're and we're creating a team that is running gun style with two of the greatest offensive players in the league on it, and and we're saying let's just keep hammering our head through the wall and keep adding adding a winger, hopefully hoping that this one works out for Connor. We don't. Nobody We've never added use... a winger for Connor. We've never added a winger for Connor. When have we? Uh, Lucic was supposed to be the winger Lucic for Connor. Lucic was supposed to be the winger for Connor. Ty Ratty right, was I'll supposed to be the one. fucking answer. No, that he still was, might no, be. That was, yeah, he was just if you're parking him next to him, Tyler Ennis, next to him, do you expect him not to contribute? We were just picking things out of our own bag of. We've ruined Tyler Ennis. We had. But like, if it's a, if it's an analytics oh department, Jesus. nobody's saying use that to make all your decisions. But it makes no sense to not have one. No, that's fair. I'm with and you. That's where the are at. It's just like, I don't think anybody should make solely analytics-based decisions, but I would like to have a team that actually looks at all this data, has people put it together and say, here, Ken, this is what the numbers say. Do with it as you please. Do you actually need a, a department to do that for you? Because can't you just go to like these websites? Out no, there the, the data... I, I, get what you're I get what you're saying. But do you actually like... The, we talked to Paul Maurice about this yeah. on the DFO rundown. The data that's available to the public is good, but he said it's like a fraction of what they have. Like the actual shit they're able to dig up and the people who can work like eight hours a day, like re-tagging games and going back and spotting shit out. Like and it's, team, it's a big difference. Each team creates their own system as to what they value and what they, what they undervalue and all those kinds of things too, right? And so that's what your team is designed to do is to figure out what money ball statistic or what money, what physical, like what physical thing you need to have as a part of the, the toolbox for Ken Holland to go into negotiations with. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, we sit here and we're like, well, Ken Holland was a good GM in Detroit and he's got nothing new. Nothing new going on in Edmonton. It's still just his gut and his, you know, his gumption. I don't know. It's weird. Speaking of something new, Dan, I want to negotiate a yes. deal with Skip the Dishes. Yes. It's going to be from a liquor store. I'm telling you that right now. I just went uh, and grabbed the beer. Yeah, skipthedishes.ca. Get yourself something to eat from all of the wonderful restaurants around Edmonton. Try something new this weekend, maybe. Maybe something that you've always wanted to try. 
but you haven't yet had the courage to do it. This weekend's the weekend for it. Skipthedish.ca, tip your driver. They will bring it right to your door. Get yourself fed. Now, back to the server for a giant question. The real answer, <laughs> the wish list. The, can I just give you guys one unrealistic wish, please? Please be Ovechkin. Ethan McKinnon. It's, it's Ovi. Could you, imagine the, could you imagine the power play with Ovechkin on the half boards? Okay. Dude, you know, it's, not even that, it's not even that. It's the five-on-five playoff types of, of shifts that I would be most jacked up about. Like, the power no. play, yes. No. But the <laughs> fact he could go out there and, and, like, do what he can do, what he – like, in that first shift he had in, in, the, in uh, the first round this year, he went to level the guy, right? Like, what he could do for that first line, I think five-on-five would be fantastic. I, the, I don't think the power play can get much better. Could you imagine the power play though? Connor fucking setting him up, teeing him up from his zone. Okay, but imagine but so. Connor's you go, in the middle. Like, who does he pass to? Yeah, you, it's you break put, him, break his heart not to pass to Leon. We keep yeah, talking about. We keep talking about like who could be the power play quarterback. You get Ovi on one side, Drysaddle on the other. McDavid can just be the defenseman. He'll just sit there yeah, yeah, and they yeah. won't move. They'll be stagnant. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Chase on will stand in front. They'll fucking bring him back. No, no. Darnell Nurse is now the next <laughs> presence because then he can ask a whole ass and play defense. That's <laughs> what we're doing. The we got pitched. Connor up top, Ovi on this side, Leon on that side. Nuge is the bumper. No, you know, all of a sudden you're gonna, you're gonna need some real good hands down low because you're gonna have three guys hang up real high. If you get to pass that umbrella, you're gonna have a short little one-two pass for banging. Actually, sales- you can't. The NHL will decide that the power play for the Oilers is too unfair, and they have to actually only keep four guys on the ice. Like, no, you guys can't have a five-on-four. None of that. The sales pitch you know has be, uh... to be has to be that you know what Ovi it's pretty su- it, like it sucks that the lockout took away some of your time and and all these different things you want to beat Gretzky's record go Do to his house it. yes go to hey, his house to Russia and make it happen and yes the climate we're is as to close Russia, to home right? as you want to be exactly well, even, in, even in distance like maybe if Vancouver. you go the other way is it is it who's closer to Russia Vancouver, us or Seattle. Washington no no Washington, not them yeah it's not even close Washington, to Washington or us all right, That's let's us, just uh, back to the realistic options. Anybody else that just kind of is interesting? Because I saw a bunch of Oilers fans. Halsey, saying, man. Halsey, I mean, I, Halsey, I, just, I, I think but, I just, and, I, and I get it. I get it. But he's going to be, he's going to be most likely hits July one or whatever. Um, I think Boston st- scoots him real quick. Tyler's definitely. Uh, Boston signing the me. guy, man. I think they do too. But how, do you keep both him and, um, and Jake? Yeah, maybe. Like, can they afford to do situation. all this? Like, is it going to fit Me, in there? Because if, if so, they don't, then Taylor, I don't think even gets his eight that he uh, he's asking for. He's already, have, pre- I think this might be a little much, a little too much of a fishbowl for uh, him to really enjoy it right now because Edmonton's Edmonton. But uh, I think he's doing really well in Boston and he hasn't tried to take a spotlight from the perfection line or whatever. Like everybody thought he was going to do to Connor here and whatever. Like, I honestly think he'd be a good Boston addition. has $28 million in projected cap space for this offseason. If they want to get a bunch of guys done, they can get a bunch of guys done. I don't think they have enough money to go, like, dipping into the free agent market. But if they get Hall done, you know, you got to get Krejci done. And then after that, like, DeBrusque has one more year still, so they don't have to worry about him. They might need a goalie because Rask is, is likely going to walk or potentially walk. Like, they have shit to take care of, but they can take care of their own stuff. Um, I just thought I heard, remember, uh, I just thought I said earlier it was going to be Hall or Hall or DeBrusque for Boston going forward after this year. They'd have to decide. Tying in the DFO rundown, Tyler, what about a guy like Zach Hyman? He's interesting. I, I think he's really interesting, but my concern is like, we talk about free agent deals that kind of bite you in the ass a little bit. And Zach Hyman almost has like, 
I feel like because people haven't heard about him a lot in the past, they kind of go like, oh, Zach Hyman, like a really good young winger. Hey, the guy's 28 years old, right? So he's not exactly, you know, 23 here. You're signing a guy who is getting towards the back nine of his career, especially if you're going to give him a five-year deal. Like by years four and five, he's going to be towards the end of his career. So you need to be really, really careful with a player who is coming off a career year hitting unrestricted free agency and had that career year in his late 20s already, he's a risk. Nugent Hopkins is the really safe bet on the free agent market. And that's why ultimately I think they get a deal done with him because he's comfortable here. They know what you're going to get. There's there's not a ton of risk in bringing back Nuge. There's risk in signing a guy like Zach Hyman, but there's reward as well. If he comes here and clicks with 97, like I think we're talking about a, a 30 goal guy. Let's let's keep working the list. Blake Coleman. You have Love him. Here? I, they should I like announce it right now. Yeah, I'd love it too. He, he's going <laughs> to, Coleman's going to opt out of the rest of the playoffs and sign in Edmonton. Who's, who's paying oh. that fine? I feel like that's a little bit of tampering right there. What was, uh, the, what was the offer that we made to Markstrom that he supposedly turned down? I think it, I think it was seven by 5.75. What if you offered that to Philip Grubauer? Would you guys be upset at that? I'd love that. I would, I'd love that. Grubauer under six is a steal. Yeah, yeah he. Game, uh, what was that, Tyler? Game two against yeah. Vegas? He just, okay. he like, they were shelling him. And then it ranted and ended up winning it in OT. So I would love that. Keep working the list here, boys. Thomas Tatar, is that, that excite anybody? He's been healthy, no, scratched it's... in the playoffs in the last two teams he's been on. Like, I, I just worry he's yep. too inconsistent. But I will say this, the smart play for the Oilers in the flat cap year would almost be to keep, like, three million dollars in cap space for or maybe it's even Clefbaum's LTIR money and you do what St. Louis did with Tarasenko at the beginning of the year but keep a little bit of money around and then if there's a guy like Tatar who might hang around until the end of free agency do the Barry thing go Tom I'd, I'd call him Tom because I think we're that close I'd so. go Tom I'd go Tom one year two million bucks or TT like fucking show up yeah TT Ta-ta. <laughs> And I'd, I'd try to sell him on the Barry the deal. Bo- you got to do that with the boxing accent. Ta-ta! Ta-ta! Wow, uh, If you answered, if he answered guy... the phone and you said Tom, I think he would just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> what about Tommy? Tommy's got to work. Yeah, yeah Tommy. Tommy might work. That's, that's informal. Uh, does Michael Granlund excite anyone? Not really, because I think you got, you, uh, the, the biggest name we go for has to be able to play in the top six. And I don't think he's a top six type of guy. So I think we need to focus on that. And once we get that, we can fill holes after that. But I think our number one is to fill in that top six winger. And I think there's only uh, you know a handful of guys out there that can do that. Brendan, you, uh, sorry, I just want to say if you lose Nuge, Granlin's more appetizing that's, to me because he has that versatility. That two way game. He got mentioned a little bit. I love Saad. I think Saad's a great fit as well. I worry he's going to cost you too much, but that's a guy who has a history of playing with skill. I don't think he, he shouldn't cost you more than six mil. If you can get Brandon Saad in the low fives on a five-year deal, um, similar to Hyman, he's 28, but he has a longer track record. So that leaves me feeling a little bit safer in that bet. He scored 30 goals before, um, scored at almost a 30-goal pace this season. I think Saad would be a really nice fit here. What about Vegas? Like- uh, sorry, Dan, go ahead. I was going to say, what about a guy like Nick Felino? And like a no, bottom six type of guy is okay for the right. Yeah, right. right get price tag and the bottom six, whatever. But yeah. How about uh, he's playing in Vegas right now, Matthias Janmark? 
I don't hate I don't hate Yanmark, but I worry he's going to get paid too much. Um, we just talked about a guy named Nick, and then you just brought up a bottom six center. Let me morph those two. Nick Benino. He's an interesting name to me. I'd, I'd keep an eye on him. He's got. He is. He, let me see. Nick Benino. Lefty. Yeah, he's a center lefty. Uh, 10 goals, 16 assists this year, 4.1. But uh, I think a lot of guys are going to get a pay cut this year. And the another thing with him, and the, I just remember this. So when I worked at uh, the Jersey City in West Edmonton Mall, I think I've told this story on the podcast before. I was working, someone called in, said, what kind of Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup stuff do you have? And I was like, well, like cups, mugs, shot glasses, shirts, hats. She goes, put it all on hold. So I put it all on hold. Nick Benino's wife comes in and picks it all up from the store. And she's from here. And they came and had their Stanley Cup party or part of it here in Edmonton. So that's interesting. He has a bit of a connection to the Edmonton market, even though he's an American. Hmm. I'd be into it. Fact. I've heard and, him, his name and mentioned we've got, uh, we've yeah. got Harn Ryan Singh doing a lot of Oilers games. The Benino thing works, you know? A lot of symmetry here. It works. Okay. Anybody that I'm leaving off? Oh, here's one. He's a restricted guy. This would be a trade. I'm just interested in your thoughts on it. I don't think it's realistic, but what about a guy like Patrick Laine? It seems like he's just not going to be in Columbus or I don't know what's going to go on. His beef was with Tortorella and Tortorella's gone. So he's staying in Columbus. Friedman dropped that not too long ago. He said he's pretty confident that Laine is sticking around. What does Elliot Friedman know? Except Does that not show like a little bit of, I don't know, lack of something when you have like that big of it? Like, do you think he shut down on his coach? Do you think he was just playing bad? He was giving it all he got and things weren't working for him. Like, I know the five of four of us probably don't watch a lot of their games, especially when, you know, and it can like to watch all the other games. That's fair. I like um, what do you think happened there? I don't think that it was an issue as much as, as Tortorella made it an issue. Yeah. Like I, I think if he had gone to another team, he probably wouldn't. People hate, I see a lot of people hate torts, but I see a lot of players who played for him love torts. But the it's, players it's that mix. love him are the ones that are the guys that work their asses off. Or they, you gotta like, be, I think, I think if you got like the personality where a guy fucking being in your face and pushing yeah. you, pushing you, pushing you is what gets you forward. You're but I don't think he's like, I don't know if he's always like that though. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like him, Bill. No, because Bill Belichick, everyone would say the same thing, and they say as soon as the lights are off, the cameras are off. These guys are the nicest guys in the world. John, John well, there's, Porter, there's, like, being, there's being dogs like in his fucking yeah, but that has nothing to do time. with work like, though. Like no, John's... I'm just saying what kind of personality he has way when the cameras are off and the and the fucking the pressure of the 60 minutes is in there and it's like two days should... off and like what do you got there? But you. If you're in a work environment, though, like I think if your boss, because that's what he is essentially, is if your boss is one of those dudes, it's like when you're on the job, he's fucking pushing buttons all the time. There's some guys that they just, that's not, they can't do that. John Scott talks about it quite a bit because he was with him in New York and he says that it's just like it wasn't his style of coaching that he liked, but he knows that there was guys on that team that would like go to war for for Tortorella because they love that in your face, wake you the hell up and get, get playing kind of attitude and it, it helped them. So yeah, it's a, it's See, a if very... you look at Winnipeg, Paul Maurice, I don't think it'd be that terribly different than Torts. Uh, not yeah. terribly different, not in terms of like kid gloves and being nice with their words and, and stuff like that. Like maybe their, their, their intensity level is going to be able to say, yeah. they both don't look like very nice people to talk to at the, at that point of the game. Like, Though that type of thing is going to, yeah. I think they're okay. more close than, than, than they are yeah. uh, opposites. 
Uh, a couple other names, Beg Milk, that I wanted to yes. throw out there. Uh, one of them is a forward, and that's Jaden Schwartz. Uh, left shooting, left winger. I think that's an interesting one from an Oilers perspective. You know, maybe a guy that fits in in your top six if you need to, or if you want to bring in a few wingers. And uh, the other one, and I pitched this out. Um, oh, actually, it was I think it was on the radio. I don't think it was on one of these podcasts. I don't remember. But uh, like Tyson Berry came here on a one-year show-me deal, rebounded his value. I wonder if a guy like Freddie Anderson could do that here in Edmonton, where if he's young, he's still got a lot of hockey left in him but he's coming off a not great season where he was battling some injuries. I wonder if the chance to come to Edmonton, put up some decent numbers and not have a huge workload. Cause Mike Smith is still here. I wonder if a one year deal could work for Freddie Anderson here. I wouldn't mind it, it, the, to be honest. It's just a matter of how, how do you get rid of Koskinen? What, like, is it the buyout route? Yeah. Cause then, it, then I can see it. It's just, there's so many things that just that buyout need thing to get doesn't look that, that bio thing doesn't look too bad. Dusty's posted two, two rosters so far that he's done on whatever website it is. And uh, he's bought out Neil and uh, Koskinen on both of them, I believe. Yeah. And he's got two rosters that I got really jacked up reading about. Well, we do so this I don't every think time. it's that far. Okay, but but Freddie Anderson scares me. Freddie Anderson scares me. We're, we're in a fishbowl just as big as Toronto, if not a little bit less because of the people. Uh, you make one l- little mistake, it's getting blown out of the water. And if you come here with Mike Smith next year, it's hopefully in a best-case scenario, everybody plays as well as they can. But what happens if Mike falls off a bit, then Freddie's got to take a bigger load. Uh, Sony can do that, many... though. But what scares you more? Koskinen behind Smith or Freddie Anderson behind Smith? To me, it's not close. What scares me more is probably Koskinen just because we know what we're dealing with. What I would prefer is the one that's not option there is somebody else. I've supported Koskinen throughout, but the book has been written on that guy. And it's like, to me, it's, it's signed and it's sealed and it's published. He, his glove side is absolutely a joke. And we can't accept that anymore. Like we can't have that as a, you know, going into the playoffs thinking if Mike Smith doesn't do this, which he did, even then he did it and we still didn't win. But if he doesn't do this, we had no other option. We had nobody to, nobody to fall back to where, like we've talked about with this playoff, most teams have had two goals. We still had him there. It just, chances well, yeah, are it, he wasn't going to look, but I he wasn't going to trust him in any of those two games. and a half. He only looked bad for like three weeks before, which is like and four games. At the start of the season. Before that, he actually okay, that's fair because yep. he had the thirteen or whatever. So he started yeah, off I, okay and then wore down. There was a time there where it looked like it might be, we might be confident. But then he put together like four games where they just weren't looking too hot. Well, and and but with him, it's it's that's been consistent throughout his his time, right? He has hot streaks and then he just has a whole boy streak. And and like I said, I've been one of the biggest apologists for Koskinen's going into this and i hate the idea of buyouts i think that i think that buyouts are really cool until you actually do it and then it's like immediately afterwards you're like oh that's dead money and i hate that but um but for me it's yeah i i think that you have to go out and find a goalie that if mike smith isn't vesna quality next year you you have an option to replace him with because we cannot rely on Koskinen. The, the you don't need buyouts quality, too, though. You need, a, you need an average of nine twenty from both your guys going forward. That you don't need like a Vesna goalie. What? Like, and I made this point on Twitter, and I was kind of joking a little with it. But when it comes to Koskinen, what's a bigger waste of cap space? One and a half million on the books for the next two years, but go, going and getting a competent goalie, or having to keep him on the roster and and having that weight there and not being it and like 
not being able to go out and afford another goalie because you're riding with Koskinen. And that could sink your season. The same thing with Neil to a lesser degree on the sink your season side of it. But what's a bigger waste of cap space? Two years down the road of James Neal being on your books at $1.9 million, which at that point, if the cap's going up, might not be that bad. Or is it having a healthy scratch $5.75 million for the next two seasons? It's fair. And that's why, like I said, as much as I hate buyouts, I think that that's the option that you have to look at because at this point, nobody's taking James Neal on at his inflated. Oh, come on, Seattle. They need a guy with a million dollar smile. Huh? They made some bads. If if you're okay with, and it it doesn't save you as much in the short term, but if you half it to Seattle, I think there's a chance there. I think there is a real chance. Look at Especially right when these now, guys just, do that other trade where they half it again. Yeah. Looking at it right now, uh, just if you're listening to this, so in the 2021-2022 season, the Oilers have Sexy Reg on the books at 1.5 and 750 from the Milan-Lucic trade. So that's 2.2 already in dead space for the Oilers. All right, let's move along. We talked about the Leafs a little bit. We talked about the Oilers. My question for all of you, is this which first round exit was more painful? Which first round exit was more painful? While you're thinking about it, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. They've got all the insurance products you need to make sure that you are fully covered, be it your person, your house, your car, whatever you need. Cornerstoneins.ca cornerstoneins.ca. And if you go on the left-hand side of the screen, there's a little button for citizens of the nation. Get yourself a little discount. Cornerstoneins.ca. All right, boys. The question. Sweep in the first round or being one game away from going to the second round and losing three straight to let the wheels fall off. Which would you rather have? Would you rather be us Oilers fans pissed off about a sweep or Leafs fans burning Gilmore jerseys. Tyler, what do you got? I'd rather get swept. It's it's quick. It's painless. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Our disappointment hit us hard, but it was over quickly. We did not have the drawn-out storyline of blowing a 3-1 series lead, so I'm going with that. I'm with you 100%. Getting swept blows. It's lame. It's lame, but... Nobody wants to get swept. Not winning a game sucks, but blowing three straight games to get knocked out by Montreal is way worse. Not only did they get knocked out, they lost to a original six rival, probably one of the, for Leafs fans, one of the worst teams to get knocked out of the first round in that fashion too. I am with Tyler thousand percent sweep. I'll take that all the time. If those are my two options, Dan, what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the idea of getting a few more games and having some hope <laughs> into the uh, into the equation. But I looked at it like a, a scenario: if I'm getting kidnapped and and my options are to either take four to the temple or or let my captor tell me that I'm going to be able to escape and then slowly peel my skin off one night at a time. Jesus, I'm, damn, I'm going, I'm shit. going four to a head. What's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good lord. Hey. Hey, you you gotta, too much that's, thought in this. that's, yeah, that's, that's really how I feel after getting swept was that I just took four to the chamber and, and, uh, that was it. But, uh, yeah, I'd rather not have it drawn out. And like a guy like Steve Dangle, who's the eternal optimist resigning himself to the fact that they're losing after game six, like, man, that is a, that is a tough, that one. is 100%. So I have a couple buddies like that too. That is 100% just, um, just trying to speak it into, into reality. Like 
I'm just going to play. I'm going to play and just, we're going to lose. And they're just trying to, you know, just trying to work it in. That's what I guarantee you. That's what half the way their fans will do too. There is no right answer that well, there's four is definitely the hurts the least, I suppose. Is you want a shit suck. sandwich they, they or a shit sandwich mustard? <laughs> they all suck, man. They absolutely, we've gone through it all. We've been, we've been through all of them. They're absolutely fucking terrible. Because the thing for the Leafs fans too is uh, I was digging into Twitter a little bit because I was having hashtag fun. And uh, <laughs> after game, what would it have been? After game five, when they lost an OT, you could see the the mentality starting to shift. Like, oh, oh, this isn't happening again. And then when they lost game six, then it really started to happen. And then when Montreal That's- scored first in game seven, then it might it was, yeah. it was a foregone conclusion. But those are those are fans that have been going through like the health forever. <laughs> so they're like they they anticipate it. We know it because we go through it down our own yeah. tracks. But yeah. as as a as a guy who watches a lot of hockey, anyways, even in going into Game Seven, I was like, "There's no way Toronto loses this." I, 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 I even in that, I even in that Tyler, third I period, I was like, "No, the, Toronto's going to win this." Like it's. I'm not even getting my hopes up. I'm not even going to talk about the fact that three of us of the four of us on this podcast picked Montreal to win in seven. <laughs> we did. You know, I'm like, I'm not even bringing it up because it's not going to happen. It doesn't even matter. Like, was I the only guy? It's almost like watching. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But to be fair, we it all was, picked Montreal because like... we were like, oh, it'll be a better matchup for Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, it was just we did it out of oh, spite. Man. To be fair. So. Did you? Oh no, I didn't. Like, today would be game two, guys. I don't want to talk about it. That's depressing. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, what I do want to talk about, though, is let's fight again. Mark Scheifele. Before you order that, before you order that alcohol on uh, on Skip the Dishes, <laughs> I'd like you to remember that tonight could be game two. Mark Scheifele, gentlemen. The Jets-Hab series is going game one. First of all, why couldn't we get that hellebuck? First of all. No, okay. That was a problem. But uh, I want okay. to talk... Sp- I want to talk specifically about Scheifele's hit. Uh, game was basically wrapped up. Evans closed it out with the empty netter. Scheifele blew him up. Blew him up. My first, the first time I saw the hit was actually Dan posted on Hockey Fights Instagram. And I just, I just went, holy shit. Because that was a hit from 1996. That's what that was. And those don't really happen anymore. I was Those shocked hits don't ever it. happen. Those hits, like that dude traveled 200 feet. The, the, it's very rare to see someone yes. get that much runway into a fucking full-on hit. Well, There's Dan, almost no just, comparisons. Dan, when you, were, uh, when you clipped it, because like I said, the first time I saw it was the Hockey Fights clip, and then I saw the different angles, and I saw the full thing. Like You didn't have the whole thing in there, right? You didn't have like the full lead-up? Yeah, I did. I tried to include the I tried to include the icing just to give an idea of how far away from the the hit that he was <laughs> when he started his glide, um, and I wanted to kind of give that show of the distance that he did glide because he did at the end of the hit. I will say he glides from the top but of the circles in. It was uh, so. I just want everybody's take real quick on the hit. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that was a hit in 2021. And then to say that he was trying to prevent a goal or whatever he said, I was like, no, you weren't, man. You just, you tried to. He was, though. Uh, No. As soon as he stopped. As soon as he stopped skating, you could tell he made the decision. He stopped skating, started gliding, and went from like, I'm going to try to catch this guy and scoop the puck to like, I'm just going to. 
fucking murder this guy. And he just, I think that, I don't think that, that he decided to change it till he got to about the, the top of the crease. When you see his stick come back, cause he lost the race. It was over. Nothing he could do anymore. The puck was relatively in whether it fully crossed or not. And at that point he's like, yeah, we're just, we're finishing it. Okay. But dude, like I don't, Mr. Evans, you have to keep your head on a swivel. You have to know where everybody is on the ice. We need to have more respect for ourselves on the ice. If I tape a bunch of thousand dollar bills to my chest and I walk through a crowd of people and some people steal, steal them off me, I want nobody to blame the people around me. I'm putting that blame on myself. I put myself in a bad situation. And at the end of the day, that's on me. You easily could have stopped by the net, tucked it in on the forehand. Ain't nobody ever going to fucking touch them. But we, but they play this uh, uh, a way now where they don't take care of themselves. Yes, you have to like trust that the other guy's not out to hurt you. But at the same time, you're going to be put in weird positions. It's a high-paced game. There's emotions involved. You have there's it's dangerous. It can be dangerous. And he put himself in a situation where he needed the other guy to like to go above and beyond in in preventing a collision and didn't. And he. There was two bodies. By the time that puck went in the net, it was far too tight, far too close to, to stop. And if you do not give it your hundred percent, you're going to get called out by your coach. Okay, so you here's had, my. You had to do what he had to do. So here's my thing with the hit. If that hit happens, if he connects with Evans as he's wrapping around the net, and the puck just glides out into the middle of the ice with Evans' lifeless body laying behind the net, that's a huge highlight for this league. And I don't think that it necessarily gets the same. Maybe it's a charging penalty and whatever, but but it's weird that he started to glide and then continued on the hit. That was where you I was kind of confused st- about it. You can't keep striding because you need to get your balance and everything, and you're going to close in. The, 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 the space gets closed super-duper quick. You can't keep striding. And even that point, if you don't take one or too much stride, maybe it does feel like you know, you're know you letting up a bit. Well, but you for can't me, keep striding all the way through the fucking thing, though. That's going to that's gonna be terrible. For me, for me, the issue is, and then that's where, like Bag Milk said, you can't say that you were trying to stop the play if you stopped skating. Like, I, I just, I don't believe that. If you were trying to stop the play and you came in and you bodied the guy because you were trying to reach for his stick and you just continued to follow through, that's a different conversation. But he slowed down. He The puck goes in the net. Yes, it's a split-second decision, but he made the decision to continue to glide in on a trajectory that was going to take out Mike Evans and not the net or not go past Mike hey. Evans kind of thing. Hey, Jake, What's sorry. he supposed to do, though? Thing. What's he supposed to Mike do? Mike Evans is a receiver for do? the Bucks. Yes, that's yeah, the one he, I was thinking. Mike Evans is going to fucking finish that hit, too. Well, that's I just I think in the NFL. My thought was I didn't buy that he was going for the puck because he didn't make any even just wave at it or anything. It was Wait, just, all you're trying to do is like, was, you're trying to stop. He was him, like, a right torpedo into the guy. In. He pulled his stick in. He didn't wave like, yeah, yeah, at it. There was nothing like that. So, so I that's where that's where I'm okay with Like you're not going to do this. You're going to get out there and just try and poke it. If you can't poke it, you know you've lost. Why not? But, like, the idea of playing the body while also playing the puck, like, is a thing, right? Like, you go in for the hit and try to grab the puck from him at the same time. There was, like, just – there wasn't even, like, 1% of that from Shifley. He was clearly just, like, I'm going to hit this guy as hard as I can because he was already hot, right? Like, leading up to that moment, he was pissed off. What's he supposed to do as as the defender? Are you supposed to just let him tuck it in and skate away? Not hit the player. You can – you, you can make a hockey play. Stop at that point. You can't almost. You can't say I'm going for the puck to stop the puck and then actually avoid that collision. I don't think it's physically possible. With all this said, I think it was dirty. I think it was a really, really dangerous hit from Shifley. I think four games was dangerous, one too many. Yep. They should have given him three. I think, 
well, two or three regular games, season I was, games, right? I was two. I was two. Two. Two games either. Yeah, way. like regular it, season or playoffs. I don't like yeah. the difference. Uh, like if they go off the translation of one playoff game is two regular season games or whatever. So I think if that hit happened in the middle of November, Shifley, yeah, like Shifley's never done anything like that in his career. I just think the punishment was a little stiff, but the hit was really bad. So I almost like feel guilty saying the punishment was stiff because I'm like, ah, they want to teach him a lesson. They need to show that like you can't take runs at guys in vulnerable positions. But this is the issue it's that comes the rea- up now. It's the, the reaction. Is- it's the reactions in social media that make everything worse. I don't think There's George Kyle's reads Twitter. No, there. Is- no, I think there. I think that it, it's almost into the culture where they have to be a little more. Mm, I don't. They have, to, they, have to, they have to be a little bit harder to, to that guy, just because of where they we are though. in the world right now. They did it to Kadri. Sure, they Kadri got, they, didn't, they got, didn't do it to fucking Tom special. Wilson. Yeah. They don't give a yeah. shit yeah. about what that. Did, Ryan Reeves. He didn't. Oh, neither one of them did anything that bad. <laughs> I, well, but like, not, but I you was, can't use the argument they like were appeasing social justice warriors for the hit because like they don't do that. They they've shown that like there's no consistency. They spin a fucking. They wheel. do it sometimes. They do it sometimes and sometimes not. Yes. But if, <laughs> how is that? If, if they were doing it, if they were appeasing example. social media, though, they would have done it with Tom Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Wilson's thing was not suspendable. Tom Wendell's. But that doesn't matter. We're not talking about. We're talking about social media now. And if you're yeah, going to if you're going to yeah, dish no, out no, a suspension, no, no, you make a point. No, you, pay, you make a point. You make a look point. Look at us. Look at us. I just though. think that uh, look at us agreeing on things. Uh, I just think like I thought I was expecting two games. I was a little yeah. bit surprised at four because um, well, first of all, you guys want to know my tinfoil hat. My tinfoil hat theory was that he was going to get a shorter suspension because the NHL knew everyone's going to watch Shifley's first game back. If they would have given him a fine, man, can you imagine tonight's game? I'd cancel my tea time. I'd I wouldn't be going golfing. I'd be watching the that, fucking. And game. That's that's why I thought it was. That's why I was surprised that it was four. Honestly, I thought they would be like, oh, people are going to watch this game for this. Because, I saw. I saw another I theory know. that they just the the NHL wants the Habs to go through. Yes, that's the natural. I'm sure that somebody in Montreal called 911 for that hit as well. Um, but my thing, I just want to say, and I know, I know that you guys all feel this way, and I think it's kind of starting to leak out there now too. Is Nick Ehlers on that on that play? You know, the complete oh, opposite, right? Like the sportsmanship that he displayed, yep. defending. Def- Rick, are you mad at Nick it's Ehlers? No, I just, it's, dude. These guys do this stuff all the time. They try and get their body in the way of like stuff like that. I think it's a great job. I think it's fantastic. I just think we're making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be. But it's. I just but don't like. Point they, is, yeah, it was the right thing to. It was. It was the right thing to do. It was the. No, the Lions is definitely going to put his arm. And it he wasn't was a team. Right it, was an, it was an opponent. Yep, hundred percent. Right thing to do. Hundred percent. Great, fantastic. Um, I just think we always blow things up too much and make too big of a fucking hoopla for this and that. The good and the bad. I just everybody needs to calm down and bring their emotions in a little more check in the middle here i think but connor both sides had, the good things aren't bad but let's let's not forget that connor mcdavid had drew no penalties this playoff yes i just want to throw that out there. or last i, I imagine the winnipeg last. jets found it or was last. very very odd to have penalties called against them against montreal i, I don't like, know hey, how oh, what the fuck a trip what the hell work? is I'm, that <laughs> yeah it's just I, like I, I, i'm not I'm at work. I look up at the TV and it's two nothing Montreal in the first ten minutes. I threw a fucking pen across the bar. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I don't think we scored two goals in the whole goddamn series. How the fuck is this happening? It yeah, made you really upset. Really upsetting. Six really six upsetting. power plays in that game. In game one of our series with Winnipeg, we had one. It's just like, how does this happen? But we're 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 not. We've complained enough about the refs. 
Everybody, so Have just good final word. Well, for this I'm not, season, I'm not done with that yet. <laughs> well, no, this next season is. Oh, Tyler, you, Tyler, you might want to cancel that that tea time, though, buddy. Why? It looks oh. like uh, it looks like the weather's starting to turn here. Well, yeah, it's it rained for like three seconds out by my place, which is pretty close to the course. So, yeah, we'll I think see. we're uh, just thunder and lightning time, boys. Another quick thing I want to mention is Leonard Petrell, former weather, announced his retirement. If you remember, 95 games and 18 points for Leonard Petrell. He was a PK specialist, sixth-round pick out of Columbus, 2004. He was here during the uh, – those the Aiken years, 2011-2012? Yes. Yes, he was. He was here during the Aiken years. So, good times. Shout-out to you, Leonard Petrell. It's a whole era of hurt. Just a whole era of hurt. I don't know which – who is coach? Who is GM? Who exactly was on the team at the time? I just remember like, yeah, no, you're definitely around the time everything went, everything hurt. Yeah. To quote Molly Cruz, the theater of pain that whole time. Um, <laughs> shout out to Leonard Petrell. Thank you for being you. Tyler, uh, you had a good story about him. Did you want to tell that or are we just going to cut this part? Out? I, oh, no, no, that's all good. Um, <laughs> I, I had heard a story about a time when the Oilers and Jets had a bit of a, a mix up on the ice and Bufflin and Petrell went at it. And Dustin Bufflin turned to the penalty box attendant and said, what's that guy's name? And the attendant goes, it's Leonard. And he was like, what? And he goes, Leonard. And then Bufflin leaned back and said, hey, Leonard, fuck you. And he needed to like double check what Patrell's name was, which really does sum up that era of Oilers players. Uh, Can I just say that, that, that scrap probably started to have something to do with Yak. I think do you I guys remember the, the fact like, Yakup, yeah. like when Yakupov was here? Winnipeg hated them. Like they all went out. Like when we played them like ten times in a row, and every game there was some sort of issue that they had with Yak. I don't understand what it was, but they definitely did not like them. There, I'm looking at that team in 2012, 2013. There were uh, uh, there were some ghosts on that team. I forgot Yan Denis played for three games for the Oilers. Yan Denis played Denis. three games for the Oilers. Yeah, and That's Nikolai Habi Bullen. Shout out to Super Bowl Sunday. Like, should have kept right. Oh, Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> what? I'm just what? reading names from that era of the Oilers. Like, go ahead. I give mean, us some favorites. Okay. Well, first off, Sebastian Bissalion's our fucking boy. Like of that course. guy. Wait, the what year? Respect. Wait, wait, hold on. What year is he though? What year is he? Oh, seven is when I have him here. Um, oh, okay. That feels right. Yeah. Give us some of your favorite ghosts here, Tyler. Just some of the, I'm, some highlights. I'm a big Marty Gerber guy. Like that guy came and left. Oh man, and I like, forgot he was here. He was a fucking oiler, baby. <laughs> Marty Gerber. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, this is like mid-July shit for us to be doing though. Like uh oh seven oh eight Whoa. is the year I'm looking at. Like Yoni Pitkinen. Are you fucking kidding me? That guy played for the Oilers. The glass cannon from Carolina. That oh, one hurt shit. me because I wanted a defenseman like Yanni Pickenin from the Oilers for so long. And then he was finally yeah. here and it was just like, this oh, wasn't that good. It just didn't work out. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like one of those guys uh, who could move the puck. You look like one of those guys. Cole. Who's... Eric Cole. Good why did we put him on the left side? Can someone please <laughs> tell me why I put him on the left side? <laughs> that dude lit up the know. world from the right. Uh... The way he could drive in on his backhand and drive to the net was like, that's exactly what we're like. Oh, this guy's fantastic. Look what he can do there. You know what? Let's put him on the other side of the ice and see what happens. And he might as well have been using a, like a ringette stick because the guy couldn't do shit from the other side. And later we never on in the put off- him on the fucking right again. Later on in the offseason, we should put together our just like a roster of our all-time favorite ghosts. Just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> just our some of our favorites because it would be an it would be a hell of a list or like a starting lineup of our favorite ghosts. Yeah. We're we we're too, just have a draft. We're too early for these two, but if we were to do, we should do a draft. If we were to do a draft of Oilers ghosts in five years, your starting blue line better be Jason Garrison and Mike Green because we're gonna forget about those guys in like a few months probably, and a few years from now we'll look back fondly on the Mike Green era. Yeah. Dude, I'll I was thinking Matt. Right I was like, dude, Matt brother. was okay. Oh fuck, Mike was there. That's right. I want Mike Green was like three games, games, two games. Yeah, I Matt, I was hoping team. eight years before that he was gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Allen gave up a pick, and the dude opted out before they returned. Classic. Uh, speaking of former Oilers, I want to give a shout out to Tyler and I specifically for the Luke Gazdick interview yesterday and Dan for setting it up actually real life podcast, check it out. Luke Gazdick also announced his retirement. He gave us a little bit of history on his time at Edmonton, what it was like when he played his first game at Rexall place. He gave us a cool Joey Moss story. Uh, anything else I'm missing? Oh, you're going to want to hear his story about equipment decisions mm-hmm. that certain NHL players make. I'm going to te- I'm going to leave it at that. Hear it for yourself. It'll blow your mind. I promise. Oh, it will blow your mind. Down. Make sure you're sitting down for this part because it's uh, it'll shock you from within. So check out the Luke Gazdick interview from the Real Life Podcast. We did that yesterday. That's everywhere you get your podcasts from. Gentlemen, we made it. Finally. It is time for the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers. Tyler, get your buttons ready. Okay. If you head on over to DeuceVodka.com, you will see some very handsome pictures of Brett Kissel holding bottles of deuce vodka and as somebody who has tried it somebody who has enjoyed it i'm telling you that you will love it head on over to deucevodka.com forward slash about you will find a store locator maybe some merch i like me this deuce vodka hat i'm looking at right now got some nice tees that look really nice on any of you promise promise deucevodka.com get yourself a drink enjoy responsibly provided that you are of legal drinking age all right drop a deuce drop a deuce now, we've argued, we've reconciled, we've made up, we've made waves. But now, let's get to the downsides of our last seven days. Dan, I'm looking at you, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Man, I got a few, but I'll choose the ones around the uh, announcement this Tuesday, this last Tuesday, that the Edmonton football team finally has a new name. The Edmonton Elks are our name, and oh boy, the grammar police that came out and wanted to fight for the name of a team that you know wasn't that bad the logo is amazing the helmet's the best helmet in the league now like we're gonna have some fun with this and people still just want to have some rage about something and so the grammar uh conversation started up is elks the plural of elk it's i don't know i'm sure they're still up for debate and people are still arguing about it but people that uh that can't just uh, see the forest to the trees on the new Edmonton Elks name. You're my Deuce Vodka Coal Performer of the Week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. I was one of the people that asked if Elk was the plural. I, I just thought it was. But yeah, what I did but then, then you did is... outrage. Well, it took, no, some serious dig- it took some serious digging to figure out the, the actual rules behind whether or not it's Elk or Elks or, or exactly how it goes. So yeah, it's, it's worth that... a question, but they... They have an answer for it. My my I big beef that with both it, are acceptable. Yeah, and like my beef with it too is that like it just it doesn't really matter because think when you're talking about the Oilers, do you say like 
oh, I'm going to the Oiler game. Like people will say that and you won't care. Or, oh, I'm going to the Oilers game. Like they both work and people just wanted to bitch about it for the sake of it. Like as we get going here and as this name becomes the norm, no, you're not. It's not like you're going to sit there and be like, hey, you want to go see the elk play? And people are going to be like, oh, you fucking idiot. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> fucking moron. It's elk. You forgot the S dip shit. Come on. I hey, just, do honestly, we always cover the mic when you're trying to like you cover the mic with both hands there is that uh well you you're supposed to move, does that get you something you're supposed to move your face away if you're gonna yell and then i guess he just changed his voice by doing that yeah i was at, I, was I, I feel like i just i just i, yeah, I feel like i just learned something there i just gotta i gotta get a microphone because i want to do things like that it's, it's like a good way i think to like you can talk nice and softly but then you get like nice yeah and i dig it asmr <laughs> yeah ASMR. for the record I just asked if elk was the plural because I didn't know. I didn't care. <laughs> I haven't gone to an Edmonton football game in fucking years. I will go. It's because we haven't been allowed to. Just kidding. I will go. I'm excited to go. Like Dan said, I think the logo's dope, actually. I, I was uh, thinking of ordering myself a hoodie. Uh, they look sharp. The only thing is, is it's a little bit close to Milwaukee stuff, I thought. Yeah, a little bit, but I like that. Yeah, a bit. It's also Sharp. close to everything else, like Alexander Keith's Browning rifles. There's a whole list of them. It's Keith. it's kind of a it's a hard thing to no, change up is, the logo too much. Keith's is dead on. This is only on the side. Mm. No, Keith's is from the yeah, side. We're done fighting. Next, who's up next? Wrap. Let's wrap. I gotta Google this. <laughs> Tyler, I'll just send it to you. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Form of the Week. Every time a team is eliminated or something bad happens, we got to go on social media and deal with every major outlet sharing videos of fans burning jerseys and spray painting things. And I have two takes on this one. Don't fucking burn jerseys. If a player does something bad, don't tag them or their family in stuff and harass them. Don't be a dick on the internet and don't burn jerseys and shit for attention. Secondly, let's stop reposting all of this shit as well. It's like streakers <laughs> at a football game. They don't show them on TV anymore because you're, de- you're de-incentivizing people running on the field naked. You don't want them to become celebrities. So for the people who <laughs> burn jerseys and all that shit... <laughs> Quit looking for attention. We should probably stop giving them attention as well. So maybe this whole rant is counterproductive, but stopping assholes on the internet, stop harassing players, stop tagging them in your shitty tweets and stop burning your shit morons. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Uh, For the record, I appreciate streakers. I wish they were on TV. I love watching them run away from security. It's fun. I don't know. One of the best videos in the last like 20 years was fan guy going into that boxing match. Remember that with the parachute? Oh, dude, he had a website was... on his back of his, he had a website on the back of his body. They, they all started that doing that after a while. They all started doing that after it's a, a while. It's a marketing also, opportunity. Can I add one more thing? I hate when someone posts a video of them like burning a jersey, but it's clearly one of those $20 knockoff jerseys. Like I don't have a problem at all with the people who wear them. Like if, if you don't want to spend 200 bucks, fucking hell yeah. If you just want to support your team ever you want, you do it. I don't have a problem with that. But don't try to flex and be like, oh, I'm burning my Gilmore jersey that you paid $27.99 for on VIPjerseys.web. Like, fuck off. <laughs> how about how about the people that can't make a decent fire also? Yeah. Like, it seems correlated between the people that burn jerseys and they can't make a decent fire with some wood. Or it's like they're so excited. Oh, we have a flame. Let's put our jersey in it. And then they, like, snuff it out with the jersey and they have to go over again. It's just so You got to do it in a big – you got to do it in that big fire pit or, like, the big garbage can ones get it on fire nice and roar and then toss her in or something you need pallets we're talking just i want to see 
If we're doing a Jersey fire, I want people to see it from space. Do it in your living room. Just start the fire in your living room. And then by the time the house is burned down, you'll have, you'll go viral. Well, the the roof and the, and the walls will keep the oxygen and will help it burn. Right. And then when your house is on fire, you just toss the, that Jersey up on the roof. It makes sense. No, that's when you do the live Instagram and you toss it in there. You're like, exactly. What do you think now, Doug Gilmore? Thanks for losing the goddamn game. I just like, I also just, it made me sad to see Doug Gilmore being like, Hey, that guy's burning my Jersey. What the heck? <laughs> and also like, Doug, don't even like, don't even pay them any. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka cold form of the week. Well, mine's a little bit closer to uh, Tyler's there. Um, I don't know if it's just basketball right now, or if it's those are the only guys who are allowed the, the first set of fans that are allowed in right now, but this type of fan interaction with players and the throwing shit on them and spitting on them. And like, I don't know what it is, man. This isn't even like normal fanatic bullshit, right? I get excited and they lose in overtime and whatever. I go on a four hour walk, but these guys are like literally spitting on someone who's like 10 feet away from you. Like you would never spit on Graham Skilleter. No, but I damn well give him my 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 piece of my mind. But you know where the line is. I would never, there. I would never spit there. on him. No, you're. I would never damn spit on him. How? Uh, you can just can't do that, man. Like this is ridiculous. It's honestly, I wish Fifty Cent got up and knocked that guy in the mouth afterwards because it was absolutely ridiculous. Well, and respect people them for not doing that. Well, no, like Fifty Cent was standing. Like I don't know if you've seen this. Like, dude, spit on him, and in the bottom left corner of the video is Fifty Cent with his mask on. He's like, well, what the hell was that? So even yeah, Fifty could have got up and like just taken care of this himself. <laughs> Nonetheless, these people, I don't know who exactly you are. I really hope it's just in basketball for the next twelve minutes, and it doesn't show up in baseball or hockey or anything else in football going up going forward. It's just I don't know. These guys really got to get a hold of themselves. Tyler. Boy. Oh, I'm next. That escalated quickly. You can say that about the whole podcast, really. Yeah, yeah we could have uh, used that once or twice. My Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week is going to be Leon Dreisaitl getting the Ted Lindsay snub. Crosby? Really? <laughs> Come on. What are we doing Matthews? Here? Matthew, what are we talking about? Leon Dreisaitl, <laughs> if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, would have been nominated. And I think it's dumb that they have some kind of rule that two teammates can't be nominated for the same award. Leon Dreisaitl, I love you. We all love you. Can't wait to see you again, buddy. Not to mention, by the way, Dreisaitl, when he goes on Instagram posts, we'll be back next year, all that shit. Love him for it. So, the snub. That's my cold form of the week. I'm upset. Also, can I say, like, you go to Leon Dreisaitl's Instagram and it's all him, like, posting screenshots from Oilers games being like, fucking right, here we go, oil country. Then McDavid's is just like, the new Addy Zero hoodie keeps me cool and comfortable while I go for my morning jocks. Connor is the only one, like, because Cahoon was putting out Oilers stuff. Uh, Nurse is putting out Oilers stuff. They all were putting out Oilers stuff. And then, yeah, you get a little uh, Adidas drop from Connor. Or it'll be like, before a big playoff game, oil country, I drink BioSteel. And it's like, okay, thanks, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I also would like a BioSteel, Connor. Uh, All right. Flipping the ledger. Let's get to some positives. Let's end this off on a positive note. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Tyler, you're Remchuk. You're first. A report from a Finnish website. Uh, I saw it was shared by Peter Bau, who covers the avalanche for the athletic. And I'll just read to you the title. Miko Rantanen reportedly got his $2,000 embellishing fine rescinded by the NHL after writing an eight point report on why he disagreed with the fine. 
He showed it to his avalanche teammate and they told him he should go to law school. Miko Rantanen was so pissed off that he got fined $2,000. This is a guy who makes millions. Got fined $2,000 for diving that he stood up and he did something about it. He stood up for what he felt was an injustice in his life. And I applaud <laughs> Miko Rantanen for standing up and getting his money back. And you know what, Miko? I hope you take your lady out for a nice dinner or something like that and put that $2,000 to good use because I just think it's hilarious. You know what Miko Rantanen said? He sat there and said this. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, <laughs> led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Dan, you're next up. You're Deuce Vaca, Hot Performer of the Week. Well, boys, we're talking about a lot of disappointment this year for the Edmonton Oilers, but there was one bright, shining star, and it is our AHL playoff champions. That's right, Rick, the AHL <laughs> playoff champions, because they are the only AHL team still standing. It's the Bakersfield Condors. Like Edmonton. For yeah. winning the Pacific. Hey, we're going to put a banner up at Rogers Place. I certainly <laughs> hope so. We are the AHL Pacific Division champions. And the and for those of you who weren't following along with the AHL, uh, none of the other divisions had a playoff. So by the two best words in the English language, default, the Bakersfield Condors <laughs> are the AHL champions of the world. Default's one, default's oh, one word. No, no, two words. Default. 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 Um, anyways, uh, Bakersfield Condors, you're my deuce vodka. Dropping a deuce, hot performer of the week. Ha! You know what time it is, y'all? The NHL is back in. <laughs> I just had to add Stephen A. That's right. I, I don't know if I, I don't know what I feel like about uh, this guy calling hockey now. Stephen A. It's bringing yeah. attention, man. So it's all the good. Sport. It's yeah. so good to the I people think... out, to the people outside the sport. Yeah, like not there's there's not gonna be a lot of people who watch hockey that are gonna turn to this dude, but it's no. gonna bring a lot of people that don't watch. Oh, yeah, it's stay watching Frank Cervelli and and Bob McKenzie no, and, and the new fans like be... that. This no, it's nothing like that because this guy just goes off. Like his whole thing is like a character, and it's he's a hype guy. So over yeah. the top for me. It's theater, I like it. Uh, Rick, you're next up. These fuck a hop from the week. Well, Dan, if you were giving it to someone from the AHL, it should have been Tyler Benson in that flow because you guys should take a look at his hair right now. It's glorious. But I'm going to go a little bit closer to home. And I know it's not this year, but it is next year. And I know, and honestly, I thought Tyler was going to take this one. But it's the beer bats. Huh. Come on, guys. It's, it's the beer bats. List. It's yeah. on my list. Yeah. I just couldn't It's the go beer bats. Yes. Like, come on. Like, I can't wait to get down there. Into, I don't know if we're going to have it this year or not, but the Nation Box – for, do we just ask, like, can we get, uh, like, 12? Do we ask for a, a dozen? Can we just get the beer bats by the dozen? Do we take them and re- refill Rick. them up? Like, What is yeah. a beer bat? It's a hollow bat that you're going to drink beer out of. So, okay, what it is, you know, the, the really big cups they have in Vegas? Like the one-yard yes. or two-yard cups? Yeah. So it's a rip-off of that. It's a rip-off of that. Uh, there's a couple places in town that kind of do those. I don't even know what the hell they call them, but they're tall, 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 whatever boys. the one yards or whatever. Um, yeah, no. So the, uh, the, the Skyhawks are going to bring them in. I don't know exactly how big they are or how much beer they hold, but they showed a, a little picture on, I think it was Twitter yesterday. And so it's just a hollow dope bats uh, that we're going to fill up some beer, fill up with beer. And then I don't know. I can see us getting into a little bit of trouble with those things afterwards, but well, uh, yeah, that's their problem, not ours. So, yeah, let's give it to the Beer Bats, the hot performer this week, even though it's not available probably for another 52 or so. The Beer Bats, let's go for some Riverhawk Beer Bats. I also drink a beer at Roger's Place, and I get crazy. See, I'm young enough to remember 
getting mini bats at baseball games. I remember that. Oh, the ones that they, yeah, the little, yeah, they were keychains. The thing about the beer bats that I think about is how warm is that baby getting? How quickly? So I'm going to be polishing back beer bats at a rapid pace, I think. But if it's only like, dude, they're tall and skinny, right? So if they're only like a pint or a pint and a half in the hot, you're putting them back. Like I sit on the patio the other day and I had those Coronas were flowing, dude. Like I thought there was like a valve on it. You get out there, you're warm. You start putting them back. It keep you nice and cool on the inside. It's, it's good health. I very, very much miss the nation box and I cannot wait to drink beer bats in the sun. Uh, just to wrap things up, my Deuce Vodka hot performance of the week is the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> Around Edmonton, we had all been feeling a little self-conscious, a little bit hurt, and a little bit fragile. And then all of a sudden, the Toronto Maple Leafs come, and they wash away a lot of that pain, and they made us all feel better. Because first of all, remember what they were saying when the Oilers got swept? Oh, McDavid wants out. They're wasting him in Edmonton. Oh, he's just, they've got nothing there. They can't win a playoff round. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff round since Shrek 2. And I'll tell you, I had a lot of fun <laughs> when they got knocked out. I had a lot of fun. The jokes were going. Do you have the some more of those? Do you have some more of those? They haven't won a series since? Come on, what I, else? Shrek 2, what else we got? What else we got? I could put some things together here, I think, real quick. But well, what how's year this, was Rick? It? Because it was it was 04, I believe, right? It was the, the spring of 04. The Leafs haven't won a playoff series since Drop It Like It's Hot. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs haven't uh, won a playoff series since Yeah by Usher. Huh? What a jam that was. Dude, that was like Cowboys. <laughs> Bro, for the summertime, that was hot. That was a hot jam going to Cowboys on Thursday night. Woo! 2004. That was the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because they made me feel a lot better. Schadenfreude is real. And I appreciated all of the shit Toronto fans were throwing our way. And then they had to eat it back so much worse when they lost. So hot performer of the week, Toronto Maple Leafs. Woo! Friday, baby. Yeah, let's celebrate Friday. Woo! <laughs> Man, that just... I would love a white claw right now, to be honest. I got. Some. I'm going to drink eight tonight. You know what you could do? You just like toss a shot of Deuce Vodka in your white claw, freshen that baby up a little bit. Well, yeah. if you want, yes. Yeah, so if you want to, you want to shotgun them, right? You just pop the bottom, pour it a little bit, then you get the vodka in there. Jeez. A little tip, tip. You could do that with the Red Bulls too. That was. Uh, I don't remember where <laughs> I learned that, but I learned that once. Uh, don't do as Rick says. <laughs> that's that's our lesson here all right gentlemen is there anything that we need to say before we wind down this was a spicy one been like we got almost fired up. 90 minutes that's, we didn't this even is, talk we didn't about the draft lottery we didn't even talk about the draft lottery go cracking did you guys did that hair stand up on your on your arm when they start, first started talking about the uh the draft like i was like i don't even i wasn't paying attention and then the words like draft lottery pop Pardon me? Excuse me? Like, I felt like it was, this is our time to shine. It took me a second to realize that. So I didn't know until the day of that the Oilers weren't in it. I probably should have assumed, but I just, I haven't been thinking about the draft lottery. So I'm like, oh, it's our day. And then I looked at the odds. I was like, oh, no fair. I want to win the draft lottery again. I was but, just, I was just upset that the Arizona Coyotes didn't get 
make it have to be redrafted all over again and, and make chaos happen once more. It would have been fun. It would have been fun. And it would have also been fun if Buffalo didn't win it. That would have been fun too. But I don't know how I feel about the crack of just getting the second overall pick right now. It's fine, I guess, but whatever. That's a story for another day. Tyler wants to wrap really this up. Just, I was really hoping they weren't going to get first. But hey, can we just talk about one real quick thing? Is yeah. Since 2011, this is the sixth time that uh, the team who started the year off with Taylor Hall has won the, the, the lottery. It's amazing. Six times in 10 years. It is amazing. Incredible. The guy's the a witch. One. So this is my theory. If I'm a horrible shout team, out to, a lot of shout out to Buffalo's GM this year. That's a hell of a move. If I'm a terrible team in the off season and Buffalo doesn't already, or uh, Boston didn't already lock him up. I'm just being like, Tay Tay, whatever you want on a one-year deal, buddy, let's go. You will trade. Well, you at the we'll, deadline. Him, we'll trade you wherever Boston, at the deadline. We'll, Boston. We'll give him back to you guys in like February. Don't worry. Just let yeah, us sign him right now. We'll give him back to you guys for like, Pennies on the dollar, it's fine. This is really about next June we're really worried about. So Taylor about, Hall is a witch. How about the micromanaging, too, by the Buffalo Sabres when Kevin Adams was like, the the owner of the team just texted me to smile more. Like, holy, you got you get texts from your owner to tell you to smile more on television. I suppose the thing is also I have no idea who the top prospects are. Owen Power, I know. But like that's the only one. I have no idea. I have zero. Lieutenant Lieutenant Eric had a great line the other day. He goes, Owen Power, more like Owen No, I'm getting drafted by Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will end it off. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode one hundred and something something. That's it. That's it. Shout out Fr- shout out Doug Gilmore. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.